This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. a board game where I talk no it's a podcast um, but I talk about board games and uh, cool people that also love board games and are involved in them in some way let's start over <laughs> I was gonna play it off and then I fucked up again <laughs> <sighs> welcome to victory points I'm Becca Scott and this is a podcast about board games and the people who love them today my guest is Christy Krueger Christy Hello. is an actor, actress, and bartender living in L.A., but not just any bartender, works at Guildhall, which is a board game and I would say a sports bar for gamers. Yeah, we call it like eSports board game bar. Yes, perfect description. Obviously, you guys have thought about this. <laughs> Said it a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, Christy also writes and directs interactive VR stories, mm-hmm. which is super awesome and we're going to get into it. Um, today, Christy and I are going to dive into talking about social deduction games yeah. and a semi-obscure one that we both really like. Obsessed. Yeah. Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. It is, in my opinion, one of the best social deduction games. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll also talk about what it's like to be a badass female gamer in a very male-dominated space. As uh, as you do when you're two board game loving women in a room together. It's all we talk about, really. <laughs> yeah. It never passes the Bechtel test. We only talk about how we hate men. <laughs> Sorry, I we just lost 15 listeners. And oh, we only no, had 15 back. listeners. We don't hate men. We don't Love hate men. men. Okay. Um, so, first question I like to ask people, what are the games that got you into gaming? What did you play when you were young? Oh, man. You know, my family was super into card games. So, like, a lot of rummy and then pitch when I got older. But um, I was super into, like, Mousetrap. Do you remember that sort of the idea of you just build the game and then by the time you finish building it, you rip it apart again? It's the most beautiful cycle of life <laughs> game. It's that... Like, uh, what's that Buddhist principle of, like, we're all just in a cycle. Just that cyclical journey yeah, through Yeah, you lives. build it and you destroy it and then you build it again. It was, I mean. Mousetrap. Mousetrap. So philosophical. Just really, I was learning the facts of life yeah, as I Yeah, <laughs> really were. That you will build something cool and then someone else will destroy it. <laughs> yeah, halfway through the game and then you have to start again. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I ever actually played the game involved with Mousetrap, but we played with the components quite a bit. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. They, like, added to the connects sets we had, you know? Just oh, nice. Incorporate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we love Duplos. I have two sisters. Yeah. And, yeah. We had a bunch of Duplos, Duplo cities, and then yep. the guy who would dive into the the bathtub. In yeah. Our, yeah, 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 yeah. He he would play in our Duplo cities. It's he loved made it there. for his size. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. He was a 
yeah, he was he was large, but if but Duplos are large. Duplos so. are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else? I'm trying to think. We used to play um, Clue, but the museum one, the museum caper Clue. Do you know? I don't know it. It's sort of the board is sort of elevated, so it looks very much like a fancier version of a board game, you know. And mm. uh, and someone has stolen a painting, and you have to figure out who. It's. I think it's the less violent version. Yeah. Of Clue came down. Equally high stakes. Super high stakes. That's a valuable painting. Sure. Um, But I played that a lot. And I feel like there were still weapons involved. Like they were like they stole the painting using a candlestick in the gallery. Callback. You know, it's it's an interesting, interesting thing. I love Clue, but I learned how to hack it at an early age, which is you take notes on every time someone shows a card <laughs> until you have discovered what is in everyone's hands. That's brilliant. It is, I, I was like 10 years old when I figured this out. <laughs> I broke the game. No one wanted to play with me. Man, that's like my, my habit lately is breaking games. I wish I had done that at an earlier age. That is really a really cool started. skill, though. It is, but then you try to play the game and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, you I know, know too the much. Secret. Yeah. Do you want to mention it, or do you not want to say in case that board game designer hears and wow. they're like, "No, they found my secret." It's a super obscure game. Um, it's called Oh No. It's Steampunk Rally. Yeah, we played it. You've played it. I have. That's awesome. So we broke the game. Um, we figured out if you just invest in the blue, you will win every time. Oh Every no. single time. And well, so, in Takinoko, if you just try and feed the panda, it's yes, so much easier it's than, way than easier. growing the bamboo everyone else is eating. Like, why are you bothering with the farming when you can just get to the sales? You yeah, know it's I mean? like, why bother building the construction and mousetrap when you could just wait till someone else does and then rip it apart? And then break it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Board game hacks. Oh, well, here's to uh, continuing to break <laughs> find games ways to break games. And find new ones. Um, my sister broke Splendor for me because she would hog all of the gems and just pass yep. on her turn so that other people couldn't do anything. Oh, my. I have a friend I play Splendor with, and she, uh, the diamonds, for some reason, whatever it is, will spend her first, like, three turns just getting the majority of the diamonds, and then she won't do anything with them. And so you can't, you just end up having to use the yellow, the wild cards to steal cards, you know? Yeah. And you've just got a bank, and it's terrible. It sounds like that's a friend you should never play Splendor with. <gasps> I try to steer <laughs> away now, you know? What do you want to play, Splendor? Ah! I don't know. All right. But it, that is a really fun, nice game. Oh, So yeah. long as you're playing with people that don't do that. Yeah, that are, you know, just trying to buy the cards. Yeah. But hey, it's it's some people turn a Euro game into Ameritrash. Oh yeah, doggy dog world with Euro games. Yeah. It seems peaceful for um, now. So, what is it like working at a board game bar, uh, an esports bar, oh, yeah. and uh, at Guildhall? What it's, what's your favorite part about it? Super fun. I really like. Um, talking to people who come in thinking they're going to play Cards Against Humanity and trying to get them to try new games, and when that goes really well, that's super... Which Cards Against Humanity is super fun game. But also there's, like, a huge amount of games you should try. And I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Cards Against Humanity was a game at times I have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with 
old family. Absolutely. That like you, they're not gonna listen to rules, and so no. that's the one. That's the one that you can pull out. You gotta have your pocket games where it's five minutes and then you go. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally. So what is an intro level game that if if you find you know a group of five people that wander in and they're mm-hmm. like. Give me them cards, and you're like, uh, 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 hold on. Try this. I uh, if it's if it's an even number, I always try to steer towards code names. Awesome. Code names is like a super fun party game. You say it, and my heart goes a Twitter. I love it so much. Yeah. I I got my husband code names duet for Christmas, <gasps> um, and pretended it was a gift for him, and it was <laughs> not at all. No, he like tolerates it and kind of plays with me. I trick him into it, but um, I think that's what. Presents for your significant other always are. It's a it's a veiled a, gift for yourself. Oh yeah, an opportunity to continue to give yourself yeah. things, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, code names. I would say um, uh, Ticket to Ride's one that like is super easy to learn and then has secret crunchy things you have to do. And right, and they'll find it other places. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very accessible game. Mm-hmm. Ooh yeah, those are two of my favorites. Carcassonne. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it because um, these are games that I talk about constantly. We have a lot of similar favorites. Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. Um, what is it about that moment of like enlightening a person to a new game? It's just so fun to, especially when it's like a new game where they're like, well, I really like Mafia, and you get them to play, you know, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, and you start to, they start to realize, you know, I like this type of game um, is so fun because then, you know, the next time they come, maybe you get them to play Dead Last or whatever it is. <gasps> I love Dead Last. Do you know Dead Last? Yes. Do you know I had the craziest experience I've ever had in a board game with Dead Last? Go on. Where there were 10 of us playing and there was, and you know, you have these colors that you're trying to kill the color. And without anyone talking, we all put the same color down and killed the same player. <gasps> and it was my favorite moment. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. And I've tried other things because in that game there's no rules. You know, you like secretly text people and you're like, so we're doing red. Oh, you've texted before? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have gotten so excited that I haven't done this thing I usually do, which is slow us down in case people don't know the game at all. Yes. Do you want to describe Dead Last? Yeah, so it's like a, you're a bunch of, um, are you assassins or are you bank heist? You're, You're criminals in Dead Last. Oh. I think you can make up whatever story you choose. You're you have a secret identity, and it's a color, and uh, and you go through rounds. There's money. There's like blocks of gold on these cards in the middle, and you're trying to be the last person alive. If you're the last person alive, you get that that prize, and you're playing to a certain amount, Uh, and you vote by flipping over um, a card color. Uh, yeah, so we all, let's say I'm the red player and you're mm-hmm. the blue player, in my hand, uh, we uh, we have a color for every other player, mm-hmm. and if you think everybody wants to kill you, you also have a, play, a color card with your own color on yep. it, and the goal is for you to be in the majority of choosing who to kill, and that person is out for the rest of the round until you narrow down more and more, yep, yep. Um, but... If you choose to vote to kill someone and they are not the person that is the most popular vote, you also die. It's super fast, which is what I like about it. It's like lightning fast rounds. So if you die first round, five minutes goes by, another round starts. That's You must play with people that make decisions quickly. We're very efficient. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I play with people that take a long, long time. And um, speaking of breaking games... This seems to be uh, another theme for this episode, breaking games. Breaking games. So I played over Christmas with about 10 people. Uh-huh. Um, 
I played with my husband's family, so he's got two brothers, they've got wives, we've got cousins, we've got family friends, and we're all playing, uh, like 10 young people playing this game, or under 40, and, uh, <laughs> and three women on one side of the table made a pact, and they always, always um, decided to make decisions together, and um, they for the first few rounds were the last three standing and then yeah. they would agree, okay, I'll take the dive and you guys kill me and then next time I'll share with you. That's insane. And then obviously this mechanic doesn't work when it's down to just two people and then it becomes the classic prisoner's dilemma, which I'd like to interview the people that made this game and see yeah. if that was what they were intrigued by. But the idea is, and then the prisoner's dilemma was also like a British game show a long time ago, which is the most insane. You've watched mm -hmm. the one where like the guys mm -hmm. like just Breaks trust the game. me. Oh my god! Okay, so um, the choices are: there's the gold, right? Mm -hmm. There's four pieces of gold. So you and I are the last two standing, and we we get a separate set of cards. We either share, mm -hmm. we steal it all, mm -hmm. or uh, we decide to just take one bar of gold and go. Mm -hmm. And if I take one bar of gold. There's no problem. That'll happen no matter what, yep. right? Uh, if I choose to steal and you choose to steal, neither of us get anything, and the other players get each get a piece of gold. Mm -hmm. If we decide to share, we both have to decide to share, and we each get two pieces of gold. Yep. Is, are those the only options? And then if one of you steals and one of you shares, then the oh, steal yeah. takes everything. Right. So it's very tempting to oh, yeah. say you're going to share and then steal. Yeah. And sometimes it's that split second decision of you're like, oh, I was going to share, but. It's like a reading the person and being like, mm -hmm. are you mm -hmm. gullible enough to believe me right now? Yeah, and totally. Will you still play with me afterwards? Absolutely. You know? So these three women, they decided they did share. Jeez. And then they kept doing that. And they won. Yeah, and they were like, other oh, ladies at the table, if you want to get in on this. And then um, it was towards the end of the game, and I was one of the last few in, and one of those three women and me, and then this like conniving cousin, a male cousin, and um, and he and I kind of did a wink that we were going to kill the other woman, and and I was like, it's a game, whatever, let's end it, uh, it's fine, you know, yeah. it's just oh, a yeah. game. I wasn't like really letting the overlying political intrigue of this sink in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so I winked at him. We were the last two in, and they were like, we can't believe you did this. He's going to steal from you. He's going to steal. I was like, I'll share if you share. And then, of course, he stole, and I shared. Oh, um, <laughs> oh no. And it became this thing of, like, we learned a lot about if women ruled the world through what this would playthrough. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they very much broke it. I <laughs> it I was did that beautiful. with the women in my book club. Um, we played. We all played together. But we would, once it got down to just us, always share. No, it was like if there were f three of us that played and it was just like, well, let's all find out who we're going to kill. And we would do, everyone would be texting the other one like, let's kill, let's kill Jess, or, like, let's kill Mary. And then it would be, it, you can't trust anything at that point. Right. And you just hope. You know? Yeah. I like to do the wait till somebody's looking down or like looking at their phone or has to go in the kitchen to get a snack or yep. a beer. And it's like, of course you kill that person. Because yeah. then you can all mutually decide. Plot against. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or plot against the new person because they don't know how to look for someone subtly giving you a clue and nodding their head towards the person yeah, that they yeah, think yeah. you should kill. The little twitch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> God, oh. But it also, I had an, a, one occasion playing that game where the me and my husband were really into it, and I was teaching him for the first time with like a group of four gamers, and they weren't 
hardcore gamers. They were like, we're going to have a game night. Yeah. And I brought some stuff over, and no one was into it. They were like, I don't want to kill my friends. This is mean. No. <laughs> That's where it falls apart. Yeah. I find all these, like, hardcore competitive people, and it's super fun until the one time that you're, like, you play, like, a – super like like a like an avalon and someone gets really heated and then you're like everyone just like take a minute let's, let's all breathe, breathe let's breathe it's yeah. just a game yeah but until that point you want that you know <sighs> there's a fine fine line oh yeah you don't want people to walk away from the night angry yeah and that's happened you know i feel like especially with social deduction that is that is bound to happen Whew, okay let's get into this genre mm-hmm. what it is what games there are and one of the best of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what is a social deduction game? Social deduction game is essentially where everyone gets a secret identity, a secret role. Um, and usually uh, there are people on sort of the the good side, um, the heroes of the game, and then there's the villains of the game. Um, I would say most of them are skewed towards the heroes. There's usually more heroes. Uh, and you're trying to figure out who the baddies are, and uh, depending on the game, get you know, uh, call them out or get rid of them or nominate them as chancellor or whatever it is, <laughs> uh, and win the game. Um, and there's always uh, other mechanics, uh, uh, other ways of winning besides sort of finding the person. Um, but yeah, so it's just lying to your friends, just it deny, is. deny. It's lying straight to their face. Oh yeah, I'm not a bad guy. I swear, I'm on your team. Trust me, yeah. you've known me for years. Why would you think I would do this to you? <laughs> yes. Do you find that your friend group will often overestimate you and always assume you're a villain because you're such a gamer? I, you know what, they're also super gamers. So we have like certain people where just automatically assume um, that they're the bad guy and the one time we don't assume they are. For me, it's like I, I think I, uh, if I, if I talk too much. It's mm. immediately, it's like uh, Christy's hiding something. <laughs> I always talk too much, and then when I am the villain, I talk less. Yeah. Because I feel guilty about lying. Oh, no, really? I have no guilt. What does that mean about, I have it no shame. you're a good actor. I have no, I hope so. I'm, a, I'm bad at playing characters that are not exactly <laughs> what I'm feeling in that moment. <laughs> I have no problem looking at someone and being like, no, I absolutely am on your side. <laughs> what do you mean? Why are you suspicious? Oh, I still have a grudge with my husband. For one time, we were playing The Resistance, uh-huh. and I knew he was good, and he said he knew I was good, and I said, great, I don't trust Amy, so I'm going to nominate you if you promise to nominate me back. Otherwise, I'm going to use this turn to prove to you that I'm good. And he was like, no, 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 no I believe you. And then I passed a turn to him, and he was like, I trust Amy more. Amy no! was evil. Amy was evil. Oh. It's because she's new to gaming, so it was like. It's that new poker yeah. player syndrome. Yeah, exactly. You know, where they do the crazy thing. Yeah, the hustle. Yeah. yeah, yeah like a pool shark. God. Oh, I, I've never played before. Should we play a game? How do you? How do we put money on this what next one? way do one? I hold the cue? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I dropped it. Oops. <laughs> That's totally Amy. She's the sweetest woman. She was our roommate for a while. And um, she's one of the hard, most hardcore gamers I know now. But when she moved in, she, like, wasn't a gamer. That's awesome. Yeah. I, oh, converting someone's it's such a beautiful thing. Such a joy. I've never felt quite as gratified. Yeah. You know? I've never taken credit before, but I'm taking credit in this moment. I think you should. It sounds like it. Thank you. <laughs> now, a game you mentioned on mm-hmm. your list of games, you like. You like a lot of very crunchy games, but I wanted to talk about social deduction today. Absolutely. And... Um, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Yes. Now, this is a game 
social deduction, it's up to 12 players, mm -hmm. which is kind of, most social deduction games you can play with more people, and they're actually better with more people. 100%. Because more people to assess and read. Mm -hmm. And... Um, it was originally published in Chinese with an English translation, yep. which gives it a fun little flavor all its own. Oh, yeah. Of like certain little mistranslations or interesting <laughs> colloquial <laughs> things that seem weird. Um, but it is different than others in that each player has cards in front of them, little baby-sized cards. Mm -hmm. And each person has, depending on your difficulty level, like four to six pieces of evidence, potentially, mm -hmm. and means of murder, potentially. And um, do you want to describe the roles in the game? Yeah, so you are, um, most of the players are going to be investigators, which is sort of the, uh, the good guy in the situation, just trying to figure it out. Uh, and then you've got the, the murderer, you've got the accomplice, um, you've got the witness who knows um, who the murderer and the accomplice are but doesn't know who is who. Um, and then you've got the forensic scientist, who is, I think, the coolest part it's of the, the game. It's the best part. So fun. It's so fun to be them. Oh yeah, because you're you're sort of the puppet master. You can't speak at all. Um, and you've got these giant sort of placards in front of you that have um, questions like uh, the body was found with a bunch of different options and uh, the time of day and. Um, the age of the victim and different things, and a lot of them are very generalized. And yeah, you have to sort of create a narrative based mm -hmm. on just a few words or a few clues and create a narrative to sort of storytell, like what might have been, it, like if it was a strangulation, it might have been romantic in nature. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the uh, the murderer is going to pick, uh, so you're, you're, they're going to pick one card from the evidence and one card from the sort of potential murder weapons. And they don't have to have anything in common. In fact, it's better if they are totally random. Like, mm -hmm. one of them is, I always find ridiculous, is, like, one of the murder weapons is a potted plant. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I, uh, like, bludgeon, I guess? Or, like, maybe it's poison. Um, you have to bludgeon, take the shard, and then stab them. Yeah, yeah. repeatedly. And then, you know, where are we going to go from there? Um, but the forensic scientist is just trying really hard. And what's so frustrating as the forensic scientist is when you think that you've nailed a clue. And you spend the next five minutes listening to everyone else go off the rails, <laughs> or you get stuck with, because you don't have a, you don't really get to choose the placards in front of you, and right. they rotate over the rounds, or you get to discard one and get another one if one is like leading everyone astray. And so sometimes you just throw one away, because you're like, it doesn't mean anything, and that's the one everyone fixates on, and you're like, no, no, the other four are golden. Yeah. Yeah, whichever one was thrown away. I warn people before we start, if I throw it away, it's because you're on the wrong track. Yep. So whatever led you toward, that card led you toward, forget about it. Yeah, don't, if, yeah. if it's, if I, especially if my level of anger is is to throw <laughs> the placard behind me, you were wrong. You were very wrong. Because there's very little, it's like being the clue giver in code names. There's mm -hmm. very little you can do to maintain the poker face you're supposed to have as forensic scientist and also tell people they are way way off track what were you thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of deep breathing and also I tend to avert my eyes because I'll mm -hmm. smile without thinking mm -hmm. if someone gets it and they're close I have to sort of like look away and oh, hope they didn't notice I'm such a little cheater when it comes to <laughs> I'm just like I'll look at someone if they're guessing right and I'm like I know I shouldn't be doing this but I'm gonna I'm just gonna look at them just like casually glance over because yeah, they're talking. They're you know? talking. Of polite. course, it's all yeah, exactly. And then I'll avert my eyes for everyone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will blatantly look at the ceiling and whistle. Yeah. 
If only I could whistle. <laughs> uh, skills. It's the bane of my existence. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's see. What have we forgotten about describing this game? The means of murder. Yeah. Uh, oh, and everyone gets one guess. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And once you have used your, so you can pause the game at any point and say, cool, I want to make a, uh, make a guess. And uh, say, I, I think it was um, this murder weapon and this, um, this piece of evidence. And if you get one but not the other, you're still wrong. And the forensic scientist can't be like, you were 50% there. It just yeah. has to say no. Yeah, that's something that makes this game unique from other social deduction mm -hmm. is that it doesn't matter if you figure out who the murderer is if you don't pick correctly yeah. their means of murder and their evidence in in and the correct combo, which makes it sort of like exponential. Maybe I said like sixteen combos with four cards. Yeah, in each category. yeah. Math plus you know ten players. Yeah, and you're just sort of trying to figure it out. And then the witness I think is so interesting because if you guess the murderer, um, they have a sort of similar to like Avalon. They have a a getcha where they can try to guess who the witness is, and if they get it right, they still win. Yes! Oh, they it, steal it. It's it's so hard when you play this game with five players as the murderer, and it's Ooh. much easier when you play it with ten. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you can kind of pretend to sort of, you know. Yeah, just, you know, be quiet. Get, blend in. <laughs> I had the best, this guy John that we played with was the best witness I've ever played with. Um, because he was like, well, I'm kind of new to this. Like every time it was his turn to talk, he'd be like, I'm, I haven't played this game before. I don't really know. Um, I don't know. That's interesting to me. Whatever this, I don't know. That thing right there in front of you, Eric, is super interesting to me. Right there. Does everyone see that one card? But like, I'm new. I don't know. <laughs> and everyone just totally wrote him off. And he, we got it. And they did not guess him. It was great. Oh, that's fantastic. But he implanted it in people's brains. He was very good about sort of really like steering the conversation but then discrediting himself immediately you know yeah he can't do it again but another another unique rule is everybody gets 30 seconds to go around and must talk for or or be silent during their time but yeah. gets their own 30 seconds to make their case and then the next round starts when you get a new clue and throw out a different clue mm -hmm. and I love that element because if your strategy is to never talk this game doesn't let you do that. No, you have to participate. And especially if you're the, you know, it gets to a point in the game where everyone is sort of focusing on like two or three cards. And if you have one of those cards, whether or not you're the murderer, you're really trying to, and everything you say is sort of not super trustworthy because everyone's looking at you and it's a strategy to try to get people to notice other things, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the accomplice's job is to, make themselves look guilty I've yep. seen as a strategy so that everyone guesses them as the murderer because their job is they win if the murderer wins. Yep. Doesn't necessarily mean that they, like, uh, in in a real life scenario, they would probably go to prison had they incriminated themselves. Oh, for sure. They're like the getaway driver, <laughs> yeah. you know? They didn't yeah. get their hands dirty, but they were involved. They were involved, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love this game a lot. It's so fun. But why why do we like to lie to our friends so much? I think it's, I think it's that weird, you know, um... So I guess I guess in, in L.A. it's a little different because there's so many actors. But, you know, like, if you don't have an opportunity to pretend to be someone else all the time, it's this really fun sort of you get a secret identity and you get this little sort of secret that um, you get to keep and try to steer people and it's manipulative in a fun, controlled way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And tricking someone 
I think goes back to like childhood. You know what I mean? Like scaring someone. Popping yeah, out. it's satisfying to know something they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And in an actory sense, since uh, you know we're both actors, we're going there. Um, oh, what was my point? Um, just lost it. Cut cut this part out while I think. <laughs> Oh, um, with role-playing games, you're playing a character, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily know exactly what that character is supposed to do if you weren't su- super clear about your intentions. Yeah. So with this, your intent is so clear. Oh, I have sure. a goal, and I am working towards that goal. It's the same with acting. It's very satisfying when you're on to this is exactly what I need to get from the other person. Yeah, this is what I need from the scene, and then it's way more direct, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot less meandering, I think. With, I, I love RPGs, um, and, and sometimes it's like the you know the session where you're just sort of in the pub, and everyone's like, well, what do you want to do? You're like, I don't. Have another drink, because yeah. my character's a drunk. Yeah. I don't know at all. <laughs> there's 30 people to talk to, uh, <laughs> and this is like, no, no, you are a bad person. You just killed someone. Get everyone else to think it's someone else. Do that for, you know, 20 minutes. Go. Super yeah, fun. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, I'm going to talk to Christy about what it's like to be underestimated for being a woman in the board gaming space. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey friends, welcome back to Victory Points. Points. I'm talking to Christy Krueger, and uh, we're talking about all kinds of social deduction games. But now we're going to transition a bit and talk about what it's like to be women in this space. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you work in a place with board games where Mm -hmm. you teach people board games all the time. And if some hardcore gamers come in and they're like, we need to talk to the expert in here about what games to play. You're nodding like this is a scenario that's happened. There was like one in particular. um, I have another bartender, Colin, works with me a lot. And uh, this guy came up. He had a like a game he wanted or some sort of like gaming convention he wanted to have flyers for. And he um, I was I said hi to him and then he went over and Colin was standing next to me and talked directly to Colin for like three minutes, introduced himself to Colin, shook Colin's hand, and then and Colin did not shake your hand. Didn't look at me, even though I was like trying to participate in the conversation, and finally Colin was like, and this is Christy. And then the guy shook my hand, and I was like, man, that's the first time it's ever been that blatant. Oh, so this is your wife? Yeah. Are you allowed to speak? are you just supposed to be gathering the glasses, and isn't that your job? Oh, oh, no. So that was bad. You know, it's it's more just, it's it's a lot of, like, um, mansplaining about games, but... There's also great guys that come in. Um, Absolutely. And let it be known that we play with male gamers all the time. Constantly. We love them very much. Oh, yeah. And we know that there are so many supporters of female gamers that want to see more women Thank you. in a, a room full of gamers. Um, like this guy right here. All right. Uh, but it is so upsetting. It's like, yeah. is this, are there still people that do this? It's so bizarre because I think. Um, you know, especially working in a, a board game bar where people will come in and be like, oh, like we'll travel a couple, like an hour to come because they've heard about it. And 
want to hang out and play games with their friends and just drink beer. I'm like, great, we're all in like a super happy space. Let's all just, I'm clearly work here because I like board games. Nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah. real into it. Let's have a conversation <laughs> about it. Yeah. So did you have any moment with that person that came in and didn't make eye contact with you? You didn't address it, right? It would be too awkward? Or? No, yeah. I, I sort of wish I had. Um, I didn't to know. To school what, somebody. Yeah. It's one of those, I feel like, um, I, when you know when you wish you said something to someone and you kick yourself later? All the time. I think someone told me that there's a translation of a French saying that is like, Oh, yeah, I left a ghost under the stairs or something. Yeah. Do you, have you heard that's, that phrase? That's, no, but that's like the most accurate thing. Yeah, like sort of quietly haunts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about tearing it, <laughs> breaking it down. I was just like, oh, yeah, ghost under the stairs. That makes sense. <laughs> I'll go with that. What yeah. we, fr- French people are crazy. Oh, France. <laughs> I love French people. Oh, yeah. Good um, just, you know, didn't want get a comment. <laughs> like, why do you hate me? I'm French. <laughs> and they have sexy accents. That's right. Uh, <laughs> that's my really good French It was better than I could pull out. You know what I mean? Thank you. Uh, it's also the same as my Russian and German accent. <laughs> but you know, you know what you're going to get. And I think that consistency is key. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got you. All right. So um, do you have any satisfying moments where you were playing a game and you saw people underestimating your strategy sense, like at a con or at a place where they're like, oh, we need another player? I think, uh, uh, um, so Game House um, is, uh, they have that like little like need more players. Um, and I went. How with does that work? Now, Game House is also in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, in Glendale, in Glendale, neck of the woods. It is a just. They don't have booths, but they have food, and they have every board game you could imagine. So ma- their board they game have like collection. Three thousand. I just aspire, and they also have it organized in this beautiful. Like if you if you want like a strategy or you want like a worker placement, they have a place for that. Yeah, they have categories. I love um, it so much. Separated by category. Yeah. I just so redid my board game shelf because I got a much bigger board game shelf for room for growth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I organized by number of players maximum. Ooh, my, I'm we, very satisfied with this. We have a giant, we've a giant trunk and then a huge IKEA like a cubby shelf. Oh, I'm, I'm we're out of space. Yeah, that's exactly what I had. The Expedite, which is yeah. out of print. Uh, <laughs> it's the one that everybody has for board games. Is you fit four across. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. In each cubby hole. Like, why I is that? I got a four by four, yeah. So smart. Yeah. We have a, a there's, it's four by two, which is the problem. Mm. It's just not enough. And then we, but we did it by um, crunchiness. So, like, oh. top left going, I say we, my husband did this, um, and then I was very excited about he it when I got home. Very cool that it's, anybody interested in organizing things. I love it so. You leave them alone long enough, and you come home, and there's like shelves and organizers, and it's my that's really thing. nice. Yeah. See, I do that, and then um, people come home and they don't recognize because they're not as into organization as I am. I'm like, well, no, but let's let's look at my closet. It's organized by color. Let's look at the board games that are organized. And people are like, oh, cool. Praise me. Yeah, <laughs> this was hours of work. Appreciate this. Is, oh, the worst is when people are like. Where'd this thing go that I knew where it was before and I don't know now? Because I organized it! So much more efficient now! (laughs) Take a minute! Yeah, it sounds like you guys really got a good system that you can really fully appreciate. Oh yeah, he organizes and I just bow down to the organization and love it. Nice. But won't get there, won't get there on my own. (laughs) I try. That's why it's a good partnership. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
But it's great because, like, if we're looking for a game, like, we play a ton of, we play, like, games over breakfast and stuff, and we have, like, a little two-player uh, so board game shelf. And oh, my gosh. I love it. That's amazing. I gamers. And I have a very shameful two-player game collection. It consists of the Seven Wonders Duel. <laughs> I, which is, I think, still my favorite two-player game, so that's a really good jumping-off point. Yeah? But what do you love about it? I It's so fun. It's, um, there's, I love games where it's, like, strategy meets luck you know what I mean okay. so everyone sort of starts off an even playing field and that is so much luck because you can play a strategy you know there's a, a way you can win the, the war path the strategy path and mm -hmm. if you just those cards just don't show up because you take three out of each age deck when you start yep you know that's what happens yeah you know? or if you flip the cards and the other person gets the first turn to grab that card then you're you know and if people have played Seven Wonders, which is a game that's been around for a while, mm -hmm. it's a rather quiet game, but it's card drafting, and it is a Euro style because you're kind of doing your own thing. Yep. There's a little bit of a war element in the original Seven Wonders, not as but much, but very little. Yeah, they upped the war element, and you could you there's two win conditions: either you do some super cool move where you get a bunch of science that gives you all of the science tokens, and you end the game early, mm -hmm. or you just attack your opponent it over and over until you've won the war um, ability and this is like on a spectrum a little yeah bit. like on a little tracker yeah yeah and it goes back and forth tips depending. one way or the other mm -hmm. so if the other player has any war cards then it's basically impossible to win this that yeah. you have to expect them to neglect it completely you're hoping to kind of sneak it like yeah they're not paying attention mm -hmm. yeah but otherwise it's just victory points at the end after yeah. all cards have been claimed uh, and comboed and wonders uh, have been built. Points saladed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and building beautiful wonders. Oh yeah, of course. Um, uh, but, but yeah, what were we talking? We're getting so distracted by men. Uh, um, uh, 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 yes, that right. other thing. My favorite thing. <laughs> I love when a man tells me I'm doing it wrong. Yes, do it this way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I find it very satisfying to. Even when you see that they're subtly like, oh, you game? Um, to just spout some information that you know that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just schooling them that, yeah, women game. Um, I don't know why. It, it's the lack of exclusive inclusivity in the past that has led to women playing less games. Yeah. And it's so, it's such a, I, I hope it doesn't deter like women who are not hardcore gamers into trying more difficult games because there's so many awesome games um, that I that I feel like are, are like in like a male dominated sort of sect. You know what I mean? Like I think like combat games. Combat games are like hardcore strategy games or um, uh, uh, Scythe, which is one of my favorite games. I feel like I play with mostly mostly guys. I think yes. I'm usually the only woman at that table, um, which is fine. And I love my 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 guy friends. And but I would love to get some more like um, women to just jump in and play the game. Do you think? Um, I think we're exceptions to this rule, but maybe there is something about, I don't know if it's biological or, or circumstance, but that women are more empathetic perhaps and therefore don't like to play games where attacking is the main mechanic. You know, maybe, maybe. In, that's so interesting. Like, uh, so with Scythe, you know, you have that war mechanic and that is my least favorite part of that game. I'm uh -huh. so happy to just sit there and build up my resources and make my little engine and, you know, 
walk my way peacefully to the finish line. And then when someone attacks me and takes all of the resources I have spent five turns gathering, it is the world has ended. You yeah. Know? So maybe maybe that's maybe that's a really also like I don't. Uh, there are games that you know, a lot of my guy friends really like that I'm just not super interested in playing. Um, oh, can you think of one in particular? I, I don't really like Stratego very much. Oh. Which I liked as a kid. Yeah, we played that as kids. All the time, but now as an adult, I it's not as, it, I don't think it's, um, it just doesn't hit what I've found I really like in games. I can't even recall the rules to Stratego. I kind of remember it as chess meets Othello meets Battleship. That's pretty <laughs> accurate, yeah. And I like chess and Othello. Something about Stratego. <laughs> Stratego, it's it's that idea of like I'm going to game you before we begin the game, and I'm gonna set up my pieces in a way that I know you're gonna do this. And there's something about that that I just I'm always like ah, I can't like adjust or change anything or like play the person across the board for me after this first setup. Um, do you have your player board hidden from your opponents? There's like a screen in the middle. Uh, no screen in the middle, but the pieces, sort of the uh, the character right. is on one side of the piece, like a guess who flip up kind of. Yeah, thing. <laughs> and you have to quietly sort of pretend like you're not placing the flag, the first piece. You know, oh, play that right. off. Oh, right, it's to capture the flag. It's to capture the flag. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it's bringing back memories. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that my my being atypical to my gender in this respect of attacking people in games is because my older sister and I were extremely competitive. <laughs> mm-hmm. We played Stratego all the time. We played a lot of like two-player getcha oh, games. Yeah. And um, I think this has shaped me. But um, what's interesting is in in the fight for equality that we're always working <laughs> towards. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, feminism being the idea that we are equal, not that women are better. Um, Of course, people, our listeners know that. Uh, But um, the idea that there are a lot of things that are social constructs that we just said boys like blue and girls like pink, but this is something of our very culturally forced upon us. Yeah, for sure. But then there are other things that are based on biological tendencies and Mm -hmm. that women are inherently more of nurturers because they physically give birth and have more of a connection that that leads to other forms of empathy. That's my take on it. Oh, yeah. So I think uh, don't underestimate women. Uh, Of course, we are smarter and better at multitasking. It's just a fact. I think (laughs) we just, we take the cake with multitasking for sure. Yeah, but maybe, maybe our gameplay styles reflect the fact that it's, we're not trying to beat up on our friends always. Yeah, yeah. And and then sometimes if we are, the way that we go about it can be different and interesting and you know what I mean? And yeah. I love being the traitor in betrayal. Like I don't <gasps> mind being the one that throws it's the punches. Favorite. But it's my favorite game. Um, um, I love being the traitor though as being my yes. favorite. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not that I don't like attacking people. It's just that, you know, I like it to be interesting and story driven. Yeah, and I am uh, wary of social repercussions after the game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. There's there's one moment in Mansions of Madness where we got trounced after 3 hours and didn't finish the campaign oh, and then we no. found out later that we were playing a rule wrong and that still makes us angry oh. at the person who unknowingly did the wrong thing. Oh no. Poor guy. Oh, it's ha- it happens. Yeah. You know, rules get misread. I do it all the time. Constantly. I mislearn things. Especially with a manual that thick. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
But the beauty of Mansions and Madness is now you can just play it with an app. Yes, <laughs> that iPad component. Yeah. All right. Now, before we go, you have to tell me about a project of yours that is super, super intriguing, and I want to know everything about it. What is Redway Manor? Oh, yeah. So Redway Manor is a um, it's a VR story. Um, it's uh, interactive, so sort of like a choose-your-own experience sort of thing, where basically uh, you are an intern at this tech company that's created um, uh, something that Elon Musk is actually really working on in real life. He calls it Neuralink. We call it Cortec. That Wait, what? It's a real thing. He's, yeah. Take a minute, type in Elon Musk AI, and just watch some of those videos. So he, it's called Neuralink, and the idea is that at some point you'll get an operation to put this thing called Neuralace over your brain, oh. and it will basically, he says, uh, if you can't beat them, join them it with AI. It is the singularity. It's the singularity that we're opting to put into our brains, um, uh, which is just keeps me up at night. Um, but, but also intrigues me. Yeah, totally. So in yeah. your story, you call it Cortex? Cortex. And, uh, Cortex. Yeah, and this company has created this ability to sort of send each other messages. It's sort of like if you have iMessage in your head um, and, like, you know, GPS tracking and all this stuff. And wow. uh, there, someone at this retreat is using it to kill people, and you have to try to figure out who it is. And uh, based on what you figure out, you can end up with one of uh, four different endings and three different murderers. Um, we did it for uh, Amaze VR, which is a super cool uh, VR company that does like a ton of really awesome like narrative content. Um, so did you you scripted out every possible option? Yeah, it was which I totally credit to playing games that I was able to. It's so much like a game and like um, figuring out all the puzzle pieces because if you you know, there's uh, a few different episodes, and if you see this one thing in this one episode, and it looks like this thing is true, that has to work in every single ending. Right. And so it's, um, it was just a super fun puzzle. Right, your red herring has to be explained in a way that shows they're not guilty in an alternate ending. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. What a cool, cool project. It was so fun to write. So it is published by Amaze VR? It's in, yep, you can get it on Oculus, or, or um, Oculus Go, or uh, Steam. Um, and it's uh, on Amaze VR's platform, and it's super fun. Um, That's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what, what was that experience like of publishing your first VR game? It was so cool. I worked with uh, a friend of mine um, and a, a co-creator of mine named Mary Black, and um, we both wrote it and directed it, and so it was super fun. It's like this <laughs> topic of the day, like f female uh, co-team. Um, did you to, use real actors? Yep, it's all uh, live action. Very and cool. so then we were up in this house in the hills for uh, like a week filming at night. So we'd get there at, you know, three in the afternoon and go home at six in the morning. Oh, no, you had me until night shoots. <laughs> no I, thank you to night shoots. Oh, yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> they really they are. Because they, they're the gift that keeps on giving after you wrap. Yeah. You know? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, for yeah. people who don't work in the industry of film production in Los Angeles, you know, it's not always night here, and sometimes <laughs> films or projects require all 
night. Uh, oh, yeah. I think 30 Rock had the best cameo when Jenna was doing a vampire movie yes. in Norway or some Scandinavian country. And it was like, there's only five minutes of daylight here. So now we have to shoot. Oh, never mind. Uh, daylight's <laughs> gone. We, we had a light issue. Anyway, we'll re- record again tomorrow. Everyone's wrapped. <laughs> we should have just gone there to film this. You should you know? have, yeah. would have been so much easier. Those guys were troopers. There were like 10 actors. And they all just showed up ready every single time. Because, you know, in VR, it's it's uh, 180. So you can kind of see everyone, even people in the far back, just, like, hanging out and chatting. They have to be there doing that every every take. You know, there's no close-up. So right. they were awesome. It's a real learning experience for the actors and, I'm sure, for you as a director. 100%. Yeah, like, getting 180%. People. No, hey, I'm sorry. Uh... That wasn't good. The dog made a because he was like, that was really stupid, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to secretly say it was stupid, but then also use it because I think it's actually <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, yeah, to- totally terrible. I forget you said it. Great, great, great. Full permission. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and great. So people should look it up. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, Black Mirror copied you. Yeah. That was that was so exciting when Bandersnatch came out because we were just like, yes, we're on to something. That we're people have the been zeitgeist in books forever. But <laughs> yes. But, yeah, but, uh, well, sure. But Yeah, but now we're different. gamifying you know, film. Yeah. How cool is that? It's slowly bleeding into everything. It is. It's all becoming one. I'm loving it. Yes. Oh, well, I cannot wait to play Redway Manor. Awesome. It Check sounds it out. so beautiful. Um, well, Christy, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. If people want to follow you and find you on the internet, where should they look? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is where I'm the most active, and it's at Christy L. Kruger. Saying that out loud, I should have made that Far more simplistic, but here we Christy are. Christy with an I-E and Kruger like Freddy. Fred, yeah. Kruger like Freddy. <laughs> 100%. Oh, there's an Instagram name right there. Hey, Kruger like Freddy. <laughs> All right. Christy, it's been such a pleasure. I can't wait to game with you yeah, someday soon. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Guys, uh, if you're listening to this pod and you haven't liked or shared this yet what are you doing i need you to tell your friends about this podcast and please rate it and review it and we'll see you next time bye